0: Amen. Thank you. I I enjoy that song. I would uh, play that. I'd listen to that in the evenings. I my son left for basic training. I'd miss him. And uh, boy, nothing like the name of Jesus comfort you and guide you and bless you and bring peace into your life. And uh, so I appreciate that song. Brought back some not so good memories, but uh, good memories because I could count on Jesus. Amen. John 14, if you turn there with me, John 14. Everyone doing well today? All right. I can't see you, so I assume everyone's here, so you have to talk to me a little bit today. I got new glasses, and um, they, um, I didn't realize, I thought I was getting uh, real hip and, you know, cool glasses, and and the doctor talked me into getting these. He said, these progressive lenses. He said, all young people wear them. He said, uh, you'll be able to see far. You'll be able to read your computer screen. You'll, and, and so there's three different, and I'm, I'm all confused. I'm looking and, and um, I haven't met one young person that has progressive lenses yet. <laughs> I've met a whole lot of older people that, oh, you have those progressive lenses too. I love them. What do you think about yours? And and so I hope they give a discount because I'm taking them back. <laughs> John 14. I am. Uh, I'm going to preach a, a message today on heaven. I'm going to preach a message next week on hell. I'm going to preach a message in three weeks on the final things to come, and then the fourth week I'm going to be in Israel. Uh, we've got 26 or so people that uh, had not a trip to Israel. And uh, so you pray for us at the end of this month. But I'm going to preach this uh, three-part series, heaven, hell, and then the things to come on the third week. And uh, we're going to look at what the Bible says on each of these. In verse number one of uh, chapter 14 of the, the book of John, the Bible says, "'Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me, in my Father's house or many mansions.'" If it were not so, I would have told you, I I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. Aren't you glad he says, I will come again? Not I might, or if you behave, he said, "I, I will. This is a promise from the Lord. I will come again. And what? Receive you unto myself, that where I am there, you may be also. And that there is a promise. Verse number three. You mark that as a promise in the word of God that Jesus says, I'm coming back for you. I'm going to bring you to where I am. And that's where we're going to spend eternity. Aren't you glad about that? Well, that ought to thrill your soul today. And whither I go, you know, and the way you know. And Thomas, doubting Thomas, said unto him this, Lord, we know not whither thou goest. And how can we know the way? And Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If he had known me, ye should have known my Father also. And from henceforth ye know him, and have seen him. And Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long time with you? And yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. How, and how sayest thou then, Show us the Father? Whichever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father made glorified in the Son, if ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Well, those first 14 verses of John chapter 14 are such great verses, encouraging verses. I'm so glad that my eternity is not based upon anything that I have to do to marry it or keep it. It's all about Jesus Christ. He says, I am the way, the truth, and life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. The only way that a person can get to heaven is by the Lord Jesus Christ. He came to this world. He was born of a virgin. He went to the cross. He shed his blood upon that cross. He died as a payment for our sins. The Bible says then he was placed into this tomb, and three days later he arose again from the dead, conquering hell and conquering death. And if a man or a woman shall confess with their mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in their heart that God hath raised them from the dead, the Bible says, thou shalt be saved. And so this John chapter 14 tells us that Jesus also goes and he prepares a place for us. He says in verse number two, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you there There isn't much actually written about Heaven in the Bible. If you were to study the topic of heaven, you would find uh, it's one of the topics or one of the things that that uh, we don't know a whole lot of details about. We don't know we don't have a, a, a clear picture of of what it's going to look like, or we don't have a map of where things are located. Paul the Apostle said he had, that he was, was taken into the third heavens. And, and the he, Hebrews believed this, that there, there were three layers of heaven. There's the atmosphere, that's what we breathe, the stars, the sun, and the, 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 the moon. That's the second layer of the atmosphere. And then there's the, the third layer, the third heavens, and that's the place where, where God is. And that's the place where when a person passes from this earth, if they've known Jesus Christ as their Savior... That, that's the place they go to. This is the place that Paul saw into the third heavens. And Paul said this, that he was taken up uh, into the third heavens and he, and he saw and he heard things. He saw and he heard things. I want you to think about that. Whatever he saw, whatever he heard, he said he can't even describe it in words, Our minds could not not comprehend it, and his vocabulary could not describe the things that he had heard and he has seen there in this third heavens. And whatever Paul did see, he writes, Paul, if you were to study the life of Paul, you would find that Paul thoroughly enjoyed the work of the Lord. He was passionate about it. He was passionate about preaching the gospel. He was passionate about people coming to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. He was passionate about starting churches and, 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 and discipling new believers. He was passionate about writing under inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God, uh, much of the New Testament. It was Paul's passion. He loved what he did. There was a race that he was in, and he wanted to finish that race strong. But whatever Paul saw in the third heavens, it so moved him. From that time on, Paul spoke of wanting to go home. He wanted to go to this place. He wanted to be with the Lord. And that is a place that we, we are going to be one day. And so someone might ask the question, what is, what is heaven like? And I'm going, to, I'm going to answer that simply by saying this, I don't know exactly. I don't know. As I said, the Bible doesn't tell us exactly, uh, give us a, a map of what it's like. We do know this from the word of God. The word of God tells us there's street of gold, the word of God tells us there's mansions. We just read in John chapter 14, he said, in my father's house are many mansions. I, I go and prepare a place for you. And so there's, there's, there's dwelling places there. We do know this by the word of God, that there's the throne of God. That's the place where God dwells. And, and at his right hand is uh, our savior, Jesus Christ, making intercession for us. I'll tell you, if that's not enough to be excited about heaven, then I don't know what it is to know that one, day we are going to see Jesus face to face, the one that saved us, the one that went to that cross, the one that has given us eternal life, the one that sits on the right hand of the Father, that throne room in heaven, that is going to be a wonderful thing. And we know that that exists in heaven, the Bible says. We know this as well. The Bible tells us that there'll be multitudes will be there rejoicing and singing. We know the Bible tells us that there's angels that are in heaven. And those angels minister to us and minister to God. There's those angels there. I know this from what the Bible tells us. We're going to have the mind of Christ. We'll understand things that our human minds can never understand here. How many of you have read things in the Bible and you've finished reading and you thought, boy, that, that doesn't make any sense to me. I don't understand that there's still things that I'm studying and trying to understand what the Bible means by that. The Trinity is one of those things. Boy, you you think about God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. You think about they are one, but they're three separate. That, That our human minds don't understand. We believe it because the Bible says it. Heaven is one of those places our, our minds, our human minds just cannot thoroughly understand. But one day we will understand, those that know Jesus Christ, we will understand because we'll be there forever with our Lord and Savior. And so if you ask what is heaven like, we don't know exactly, but I tell you the Bible does tell us a lot about what heaven is not. It tells us what we can't find there. And I tell you, this, this makes me excited. This excites me much when I hear about heaven. It was just oh, a little over a week ago or so was my anniversary of my father's death. And I'm excited to know that one day I'm going to see him again. This past week was the anniversary of my... My, my wife's brother's death. And it's good to know that one day, because my father and my brother-in-law both have trusted in Jesus Christ, it's so exciting to know one day we're going to see our loved ones that, that have died here upon this earth, but they've known Jesus Christ. And one day we're going to see them in heaven. That's going to be a glorious day, a wonderful day. As I think about what heaven is not, this makes me, makes me rejoice. I want you to turn with me, if you would please, to the, the book of Revelation, the last book of the Bible, the book of of Revelation. If you'll find chapter number twenty-one uh, there in your Bible. If you don't have a Bible, there may be one there in front of you in a in a seat. If not, you just follow right along. You you listen closely as we read the Word of God. You can write these down, and I would encourage you to go back and go back and study study what the Bible has to say. Revelation chapter twenty-one. The Bible says this, this is John speaking under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God. He said, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. This is describing the new heaven and the new earth. What a wonderful, wonderful day this is going to be. And God shall wipe away all their tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, and neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. I'll tell you what, there will not be there. There will be no more sea. the Bible says, in heaven. You find right here in the book of Revelation 21, there'll be there'll be no sea. The, there and there was no more sea. He says in verse number one. You know what that causes me to think, and and you might think, boy, this that's kind of that's kind of uh, simple thinking, but but it it, uh, it it's reality. There's no more sea. You know what that means? There's no more tsunamis. There's no more hurricanes. There's no more typhoons. There's no no more thousands of people that are that are fearing what any moment that what death could come by those natural disasters. Just recently on our, our, our news, you'd find where tsunamis have just destroyed many people's lives. You'd find hurricanes that, that have destroyed many people's lives and have taken many lives, and, and none of those things, no more, no more thousands dying from storms because there's no more sea. The Bible also says this, and there's no more tears. Look with me in verse number four of chapter 21, as we just read, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. I keep a box of tissues, Kleenexes in my drawer. And it seems like most of the time when someone comes to my office, I have to end up pulling out, opening that drawer, pulling out those Kleenexes, and I sit them on my my desk. Because most of the time when that person will come what they're discussing is something hurtful, something painful. I don't get, I don't get a whole lot of, of, I'm gonna set an appointment with you just to come in and, and tell you all the good things. The majority of my appointments, I counted last week, I had 16 appointments uh, counseling, either by phone or, or in my office. And every one of those led to tears. Every one of them. Every one of them was someone that was in pain and hurting. I'll tell you what heaven isn't going to have. There's no tears. There's not going to be a need for you to pull out a a box of tissues anymore. There's There's no more funeral parlors in heaven because there's no more tears, the Bible says. There's no more caskets in heaven because there's no more tears. There's no cemeteries in heaven. And I thank God for that. We don't have to go and remember the dead. We're going to be alive forevermore in heaven. No more dying. No death. The Bible says there's no death there. He shall wipe away all our tears. Look from their eyes. Look at verse number four. And there shall be no more death. There's no more standing in the front of a a casket, mourning over and having sorrow for someone that you love. I I, I don't always know exactly. We don't have a a roadmap. We don't have a a picture of what heaven might look like. But I do know this. The Bible says that in heaven, there's no more tears. In heaven, there's no more death death. There's no more sorrow. There's no more mourning. There's no more pain. Nobody dies in heaven. What a wonderful thing that's going to be. The Bible tells us you die and you get, you then will be resurrected. And once that happens, we never die again. The Bible says there's no more death, there's no more sorrow, no crying, neither there there, uh, there will there be any more pain. You know what that means? There's no drugstores in heaven. How many of you be so glad when you get to a day, one day, when there's no more prescriptions to fill, huh? I told you I told you last week two, or 2 weeks ago or so my wife we went to a 1 year old birthday party and and got there and there was a little little toy that the that the birthday girl was girl right yeah girl was riding around and and uh, I just have to check with her sometimes and 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 everyone's laughing and boy what a wonderful thing it is and then we went to a, a 60th anniversary wedding anniversary and everyone had oxygen mask and, and we sat around and, and we're talking about, I got this prescription and that didn't work and the doctor gave me this one and that one didn't work and I'm on three different prescriptions and I'm as healthy as anything and I, boy, I have, I'm alert and alive and they take a nap for about 15 seconds, wake back up and, and uh, that's, the, that's the way that went. <laughs> Listen to me, no more pulling around an oxygen masks, no more drug stores, no more hospital visits. Right now, we have Vicki Foley's in the hospital over at Cleveland Clinic, and, and they thought they might have to remove a portion of her lung because of an infection she's having. And, and praise the Lord, that might not have to happen, but she's been for days in a hospital room. You know, when we get to heaven, there's no more hospital rooms in heaven. We thank God for that. No more nurses. If you're a nurse, we love you. If you're a doctor, we love you. But you'll be in heaven. We just won't need your services in heaven. I heard a preacher say one time there'll be no doctors and no nurses in heaven. And it's about 15 or 16 people in his church walked out, you know? And no, no, we love you. They'll be there. We just won't need your services there. No more painkillers. No more ambulances. No more heart attacks. No chemo treatments. No radiation. No more pain. There's no more pain in heaven, no more depression in heaven, no more anxiety in heaven. There'll be no one there that's suffering from pain that feels the only way out is to take their life. There's no more suicide in heaven. There's no pain. There's no pain because we are going to be in the presence of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Heaven is going to be a wonderful place, isn't it? Heaven's going to be wonderful. And I want you to know this, heaven's real. There's no more divorce in heaven. There's no more panic in heaven. There's no more fear. No fear in heaven. Uh, We might not... We might not have a roadmap of what it's going to look like, but I do know this. I know what it's not, what's not going to be there. And if those things aren't there, boy, they're describing a wonderful place. No more murderers in heaven. I, I remember when I was just a young boy, we third grade or so, we moved from, from Michigan to Philadelphia. And when we moved there, we, um, how, how many of you have ever seen the Rocky movies in Philly? That, that's where we lived, those neighborhoods, just like that. As a matter of fact, one of them were made while we were living there and um uh one of the little bridges he ran across was right in our neighborhood, and they moved us from from Michigan. My dad moved us from Michigan to where it there was green grass to to you know that you could play in to where a place where the only grass in Philly was what they smoked you know <laughs> there was no green grass there it was just a concrete jungle, they called it. And first night there, and I forget the first night there, we did, we looked out on on their steps or stoops, they call them. You looked out and there was a drug deal happening right right on our steps. Second night there, someone got stabbed right in front of our house. And I remember going to bed in fear at night. I remember I, I would be the one, just as a young boy, I'd make sure that I'd go down two or three times a night and make sure that all the doors were locked real good. Matter of fact, I'd, I'd move a heavy box or something in front of the back door because I just had this fear. I'm so glad that we're not going to have fear in heaven. No, I'm so glad that we're not going to have to have worry in heaven. Not going to have to look at the circumstances around us and and, and wonder, is there going to be hope? You know, and when you get to heaven, there's going to be nothing but hope in heaven because Jesus is going to be there. No abominations taking place in heaven. No pedophilers in heaven. No rape happening in heaven. Nothing nothing of that sort happening in heaven. No no having to say goodbye. So often we think of heaven in our own realm and We can't imagine, we cannot imagine what heaven is going to be like. We can think about it, but the reality is we're not going to be able to imagine it until we get to heaven in our new bodies and in our minds like Christ and be able to comprehend everything that heaven is. John 14, again, if you'll go back there, you'll find again, John, in the, uh, our, our uh, text verse here, uh, let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you I'd go to prepare a place for you. I've moved so often, I think my wife and I counted when we got married that I had moved some 20-some times in my life. You know, one of the good things I'm looking about for heaven, I can't wait till I never have to move again. He said, that seems so small. No, it's such an exciting thing to think that once you get there, you can be settled there for all of eternity. You never have to say goodbye to friends. You'll never have to say goodbye to loved ones. You never have to, to leave. Once you get there, it's a permanent place that Christ is preparing for you right now. It's a place that oh, forever there's be, there'll be a joy of never having to leave. That's what heaven is going to look like. Heaven is going to be a place of constant joy. Won't that be great? you ever wake up? and say, I wonder what kind of day this is going to be. When you get to heaven, when you wake up, it's going to be joy every day. It's going to be constant love. But we live in a world that is just full of hate. Do you realize this? When we get to heaven, there's not going to be hate we're going to understand love. That, that young child that grew up without, a, without a, someone loving them, when they get to heaven, if they know Christ as their Savior, when they get to heaven, they're going to experience love like they've never experienced it before. Maybe someone has hurt you. Maybe someone has, a, has abused you. Maybe someone has lied about you. Maybe somebody has emotionally wounded you. I want you to understand when you get to heaven, you are never going to have to experience that again. Constant gladness don't you like glad people? If you don't, you won't like heaven. If you say, boy, that person is just way too happy. I would say this. You better get used to those types of people because when we get to heaven, it's going to be a glad place. Constant health, good health, no cripples in heaven. No blind in heaven, no deaf in heaven, no no hospitals in heaven, no, no annual checkups in heaven, no decaying bodies in heaven. Heaven is going to be a wonderful place. Turn with me, if you would, please, to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. Would you go there? 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Paul is writing to the church at Corinth. He's talking about the resurrection. We find in verse number 35 of this of this uh, uh, chapter 15 of, of 1 Corinthians, he says, but some man will, man will say, how are the dead raised up? And with what body do they come? Paul says, Thou fool, that which thou sowest is not quickened, except it die. And that which thou sowest, but thou sowest not that body that shall be, but bare grain, it may, uh, it may chance of wheat or of some other grain. Look at verse number 38, but God giveth it a body as it hath pleased him, and every seed his own body. All flesh is not the same flesh, but there is is one kind of flesh of man, another flesh of beast, another of fish, another of birds. There are also celestial bodies and bodies terrestrial, but the glory of the celestial is one, and the glory of the terrestrial is another. There is one glory of the sun and another glory of the moon and another glory of the stars. For one star differeth from another star in glory. So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. Oh, that's an exciting verse. Listen to me. Our old bodies, our old sinful bodies that, that begin to die from the moment that we're born, yes, they go into the grave, but what comes out is an incorruptible body. We are sinners and our body is decaying, but what God resurrects from the dead is going to be an incorruptible body. When we are raised again, we are not going to be raised again to suffer death. We're not going to be raised again to suffer sickness. We're not going to be raised again to suffer cancer or pain or t- When we are raised again, we are going to be raised again with a new body. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body. There is a spiritual body. And so it is written that the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. We will receive a new body that will never, ever, ever corrupt. When we get to heaven, we're going to have a new body. When we get to heaven, this experience is going to be one of great joy. This is going to be an experience of great gladness. We're going to bear a body with the image of righteousness and just. Look with me again to 1 Thessalonians. If you turn there just a few pages over in the New Testament, 1 Thessalonians chapter four, Paul again writing to the church and he is speaking to them about what's going to happen in the end. In verse number 13, Paul says this, but I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep or or those that have gone on before, those that have died. He says that you sorrow not. Even as others which have no hope, what he's saying is this: those of you that know Jesus Christ as your Savior, when someone dies in Christ, don't sorrow like the world sorrows when they say, "I don't know where they're going," "I I I don't know if I'll ever see him again," "I don't know what tomorrow holds." If you're a child of God, and someone someone dies in in Christ, that person is going to go to heaven. And he says this: don't 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 have sorrow. Don't act like you have no hope. Yes, we're human and we mourn and yes, we miss them. But but listen to me, one day, my father, I'm gonna see him again. How do I know that? Because he trusted Christ as his savior and I've trusted Christ as my savior. You know what that means? That one day we're gonna see each other again. He said this in verse 14, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so then which are asleep in Jesus will God bring with him For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that which we are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. This is so exciting. This tells us that one day Jesus Christ is going to come again. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ are gonna rise first. So all those that have died before us, they're going to rise first. They're gonna rise with a incorruptible body. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we be, we've ever be with the Lord. Once again, this promise tells us we will be with him forever. And then I like it, it doesn't stop there. Paul says this, wherefore comfort one another with these words. You know what heaven ought to do? It ought to comfort us. It comforts us because that's where Jesus is. It comforts us because he's preparing a place for us. It comforts us because one day he's coming back to get his bride and we're gonna be with him forever. This is not something where we're gonna experience death again. When we see Jesus this time, we have an incorruptible body. When we see him again, there's no more pain. When we see him again, there's no more tears. When we see him again, there's no more death. All those things are away. And for this point forward, we are going to be with him for all of eternity. And he says, I want you to comfort one another. The Bible tells us as well, that there's no more time. Turn with me to the book of Revelation, if you would, please. You with me this morning? The book of Revelation. I just want to encourage you this morning. I want to encourage you that no matter what you're going through, there's a heaven The worst pain that you feel here on this earth, you'll never feel again in heaven. Death will never experience, tears will never experience again in time. John said this as he wrote the book of Revelation. He wrote this in Revelation chapter number 10. Look with me in verse number 6. And swear by him that liveth forever and ever who created heaven. And the things that therein are in the earth, and the things that are therein are in the sea, and the things which are therein that there should be time no longer. You know, in eternity, the year is no time. Time is cast away. We're not gonna do things like we do in the human body. Everything is how much time is that gonna take? My wife will say, This is what's happening, and First thing it says, how much time? Because we limit ourselves by time. We set everything by time. There's going to be a great judgment seat. And to think of all the millions upon millions upon millions of people that are going to stand at that judgment seat of Christ. And we think to ourselves, how in the world could all that happen? Because there's no more time. Paul says this. You must earnestly desire this new place. I want you to turn with me to 2 Corinthians, if you would. Paul is speaking of heaven. He says in 2 Corinthians chapter number five, 2 Corinthians chapter five, look with me in verse number one. He says, for we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God. A house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Listen, we know this, that nothing in this earth is going to last. Everything in this earth is going to decay. We have some men that build houses and remodel houses, and and they'd be the first to tell you there's nothing that's guaranteed forever. Forever. Everything at some point is going to break down. Everything in said some point is going to have to be replaced. That's what we get on this side of eternity. But the Bible says that there is a building of God, and that, that house is not made with hands. It is eternal in heaven. What God builds will stay forever. The Bible says in verse 2, for in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house, which is from heaven. Paul was earnestly desiring, and he says this, you ought to earnestly desire this as well. You ought to long for this. Heaven ought to be a place that every Christian desires and longs for and earnestly, earnestly can't wait to get there. Oh, listen to me, I know that we haven't seen heaven. I know the Bible doesn't give us a a roadmap per se of it, a visual of it, but it does tell us what is going to be there. It tells us what's not going to be there. And Paul, who saw it, Paul said, I heard the, the third heavens and the things that I've heard, I can't put in words. And from the moment I heard those things, I have a desire to be there. And he challenged the church. He says, you too ought to earnestly desire this because what you have in heaven is never going to break down what you have in heaven is never going to fall apart you don't have to worry in heaven you don't have to fear in heaven because the maker and the builder is God and what God builds will never ever ever uh, fade away in heaven we find this in verse number 10 look with me in verse number 10 of the same chapter for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Paul reminds them as he says, I want you to earnestly, earnestly desire to be clothed upon the house, which is from heaven. Earnestly desire to be there, but I want you to understand there's going to be a judgment seat. The things that you do in this body, we're gonna stand before the Lord Jesus Christ and oh, my friend, I believe this, if we would keep eternity in mind, if we would keep heaven in mind, if we would keep the, the, this desire, as Paul said, earnestly desiring to be at this place where God is, be at this place where Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father, if we'll keep that in view, then we'll remember, and we'll stand in this judgment seat, and we will be, stand before Christ one day, and when we give an account... It'll be one that we've lived a life for eternity. I ask you this this morning, are you living a life for eternity? Are you just living a life for the things here of this earth? Do you daily think that heaven is going to be our eternal home, that Jesus Christ can come at any moment? Jesus said this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If you're here today and you have never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, in order for heaven to be your home, you've got to go by the way of the cross. You say, so are you putting down everything else and everyone else? No, I'm just exalting Jesus Christ. He said this. He said, I am the way. No one can get to heaven except through Him, Jesus Christ. It's not this church. It's not baptismal waters. It's not how much you gave in the offering. It's not how many good works you've done. You obtain heaven, eternal life only because of the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Do you know Christ as your savior today? I invite you to him. And I thought of this in closing. I thought of all the martyrs that gave their life. The Boxers' Rebellion in China, the communist government came against a, a church and the soldiers outside of that church in the sand, they formed a cross. And there was some 80 or so, I don't remember the exact number of people inside of this place, but the soldiers said, as you come out, you have to denounce Christ or you die. You have to denounce Christ or we'll take your life. And when you come out of that church door, you have to tread upon the cross. If you do that, you live. Well, there were, I believe the number was 14 or so adults that came to that door, came to that decision. They faced that cross or they faced death and they trampled on the cross. There was a little girl. She came to that door. And the communist army said, if you, your choice is just like those that have gone before you, you either trample on the cross or you face death. That little girl came to that cross. She sees the footprints of those that have trampled on the cross. And she says, I will never trample on the cross of Jesus. And she walked around that cross and she walked around that cross, she faced death. But every single person left in that church, when they saw that little girl in her faith, they said, We won't trample on the cross. And they too walked around that cross and faced a certain death. And I think of those martyrs in heaven. I think of those who have been beheaded. I think of those that have been been dipped in in burning oil. I think of those that were used as torches to to light up the streets of Rome at night because they would not renounce Christ. When those martyrs get to heaven, those martyrs are going to say, it is real. Our faith is real. Jesus is real. It was worth it. All those believers who suffered here upon this, 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 this uh, earth but stayed faithful there one day, they're going to open their eyes in heaven and they're going to say, it's worth it. All those that stayed faithful. Wouldn't it have been easier for you to quit? Listen to me, when you get to heaven, you're going to say, it's worth it all those that sacrificed and gave, when you get to heaven, you're going to say it is worth it. Paul, he couldn't explain what he heard. Oh, but what heaven must be. And Paul said, I want you to be exceedingly joyful. I want you to anticipate it. I want you to long for it. Because when you get there, you're going to see Jesus face to face.